Welcome to the Evolution Exchange podcast, bringing together the best technical leaders to talk about the industry passions and challenges they are facing. I'm Rachel Connolly from Evolution Recruitment Solutions, helping businesses connect with top tech talent. And today I am your host. Today, we're going to be discussing the topic of utilizing blockchain in the travel industry. I am joined by Antonio Picozzi from Tachyon, Dylan Barahona from Connecting Roads, Cynthia Huang from D-Travel and Shane Sibley from Traveler.com. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. So, Antonio, if you could kick us off, please. Hi. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Rachel, for, for the invitation. And I'm Antonio Picozzi from Italy. I am the CEO and co-founder of Tachyon, uh, which is a blockchain-based uh, secondary market where people can buy and sell um, no refundable hotel bookings and we are doing this we are building this mark this secondary market uh, creating a new rate uh, which we call the resellable rate which is the first prepaid no refundable but resellable reservation ever that you as a customer can book directly on the hotel website and you can resell on target uh, so we started in october, in october it's around six months that we are uh, building this new market and you know, it's it's very very exciting to 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 match a blockchain and web three with with the travel and hospitality industry. Thank you. Thanks, Antonio. Dylan, can we come to you next? Hi, I'm Dylan Barahona, uh, founder of Connecting Roads, um, located in South Florida, and I've been in the hospitality industry for the last twelve years, um, focusing on curating memorable experiences. Over the last two years, I've been focusing on the Web3 space and working with different brands such as World of Women, BFF, um, and then a lot of music brands in the Web3 space as well, helping curate experiences and pave a new path. What we're doing at Connecting Roads is building an experience marketplace that is token-gated and um, and working with our collective of 500-plus uh, members and artists to curate incredible experiences. Thanks, Dylan. Cynthia, can we come to you next? Yeah, so excited to be here with everybody and get to know all the cool projects that you're all working on. I'm Cynthia, and I'm the CEO of D-Travel. D-Travel is a Web3-powered vacation rental ecosystem, and we're focused on solving some of the biggest problems tackling the vacation rental space today. And our mission is really to empower rewarding travel through direct connections. Our first product is what we call a Shopify for vacation rental operators. So they can create a beautiful branded premium website in minutes with no coder upfront fee. And that's really to empower them to be able to book directly with guests. In terms of my background, I've actually been in the vacation rental space as a host since 2014 and have been building crypto since 2017. So Travel really is bringing together two things that I'm very, very passionate about and have been in for a really long time. Yeah. Quick uh, bit of info about me. Thanks, Cynthia. Last but not least, Shane, welcome to you. Yeah, thanks a lot, Rachel, and thanks for having us uh, today. Um, my name is Shane. I'm I'm uh, the head of business development for Travala.com. Uh, Travala has been around since 2017, and we tokenized uh, the rewards and loyalty program on the blockchain. Uh, we we give um, exactly that rewards and loyalty for um, for the growth of the platform on Travala for each one of the bookings. And we really want to enable choice with uh, when it comes to booking your flights, accommodation, or or activities um, for your global travel. And we enable different cryptocurrency purchases with partnering over uh, 
uh, 90 different types of cryptocurrencies. So I've been in, in uh, crypto since 2017. And, uh, you know, I've, as a remote worker and working in the travel industry, I've become a, a nomad. And uh, I kind of I kind of breathe, uh, breathe and live it as well as working. Thanks, Shane. So now we're all introduced, let's move on to the topic and focus. You all have a question or statement on utilizing blockchain in the travel industry. As usual, I'll work around the room asking each of you to pose your question and the reasons behind it. Each of you will have the opportunity to give your take on the situation. So let's start with Antonio. Antonio, would you please like to pose your question? Yeah, sure. Um, my question is kind of creative, I would say. So, because, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of, uh, you know, uh, blockchain-based solutions that are improving uh, existing uh, businesses or, you know, processes. But as we are doing with Tycoon, you know, creating something new, I, I would be very interesting, interested in, in knowing uh, your idea and your point of view about which are the new opportunities uh, and markets that the adoption of Web3 technologies can actually create. Dylan, we'll come to you first. Yeah, I think one of the interesting markets that I see being created through Web3 is uh, through group travel and really focusing on on the token-gated aspect of how can you token-gate an experience where a certain group are all traveling together and there's this one underlying layer that connects everybody together. So if you think of a collection like A World of Women or a Board Ape Yacht Club, everybody has a similarity if they're if they're accessing the experience through a token-gated website, everybody owns one of those NFTs and they're able to um, to have that similarity aligned. So I think that we're gonna see an interesting um, transition in group travel through token-gated um, Web3 technologies. Cynthia, do you have anything to add on it? Yeah, so for me, I'm really, really into DAOs. That's an area that I've been really passionate about for the last couple of years and have done a lot of research in. Plus, I'm just like active and I feel like a million DAOs. But one of the, I guess, the visions that I've always seen and potentially D-Travel really plays a big part in this is I have a bit of a utopian vision where Web3 is really about ownership and about democratizing access and financial capital. And with the travel industry, I think that's really one place where there's a lot of local participation, but there is a lot of people who get, um, I guess they're, they are a really small part of the system. And so they don't get the kind of access or capital that they should. So for example, you think about a local tour operator, right? If they're working with a cruise line, often they really are not getting the kind of pay they should be because there's a lot of volume at play. And so I think there's a lot of inequitable relationships that happen or uh, inequitable dynamics. And for me, I think that with, with the Web3, what DAOs will really enable and like this access to tokens as well is to be able to empower anybody anywhere to create a business in travel and then to be able to find the community and be able to have those direct connections so that they should be able to get the kind of revenue that they should instead of having an intermediary who is like taking most of the value and it really leads to unhealthy communities who can't sustain themselves so to me and this is really closely tied to the travel mission is i really think that peer-to-peer connections where you don't have an intermediary taking most of the value is going to be better for everybody in the long run and we've taken away a lot of the personal touch in travel where you have this commoditization of travel 
And it's not really about that personal experience anymore. You go online, you book something, you don't even almost like care about that person that you're going to be connecting with. And I think that really loses most of the beauty of travel because travel is about discovering something, about finding that local experience, about connecting with local people and seeing how other people and I think that when you have an intermediary in the middle, it really dehumanizes that experience. I think the more that we can go back to having those direct connections where you're connecting with somebody locally and having that full travel experience, that local experience, it's going to end up leading to healthier communities and then also to a healthier travel ecosystem. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities and growth and revenue that comes out of that that we don't anticipate today because we only have this one model of intermediaries. Thanks, Cynthia. Shane, do you have anything, any other further points you wanted to make on that? I think the uh, I think the one thing that Web three is really going to enable is um, and, and something that we haven't touched on yet is um, the ability to access kind of the unbanked or the unserved right now um, with like decentralized digital identif- uh, digital identification um, because what that's really going to enable is uh, number one and as people that really haven't had access to a bank account before um, that are now getting uh, getting access to cryptocurrency, but are also going to be able to travel. Um, I think that's really going to um, open up a ton of different markets, especially as you see the mobile first movements within uh, South America, uh, Africa, Asia, Latin America, um, uh, and the UK. Uh, the Western world is largely uh, de- largely desktop, even though mobile is actually making its way up in the world. Um, but with decentralized digital identity, I do think that there is going to be a mass movement into travel with uh, with people that have historically been unbacked. Thanks, Shane. Antonio, hopefully um, that kind of answers your question, but I just wondered whether you had any any further thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean, super, super interesting. Um, totally agree with the, uh, you know, all, all the topics covered. I do believe that there are a lot of new opportunities. Of course, first always to you know improve what is already working right now maybe what's what is not working that well uh, but as an innovation there is also space to to build something new and that's that's super exciting as well so yeah super, super interesting thank you perfect thank you so um Dylan welcome to you next if you'd like to pose your question to the panel please yeah, so my question is, how can travel accelerate the Web3 industry? And I got this question just as a lot of work that we're doing in Connecting Roads is working with tourism boards and working with uh, with existing resorts and properties that are looking to add Web3 elements into, into their landscapes. And so one area that we've focused on with Connecting Roads as working with tourism boards is through in-person scavenger hunts and utilizing an easier onboarding in person into these spaces. So I'm curious, how does this panel see travel accelerating the Web3 industry? Cynthia, I think you had something you wanted to say as well on that. Yeah, I think this is going to be related to my question as well, but I love how you pose this, Dylan, which is not, I think, often how we think about how does Web3 accelerate travel, but how does travel accelerate Web3, which, you know, is quite different and I think really talks a lot about the value that travel is going to bring because I think there is a lot of escape velocity niches that have happened in Web3. So we had the rise of D5 Summer, we had like NFT, and then travel has yet to have its moment, but I'm very, very certain that it'll get there. 
And I think we're already seeing some really interesting shifts from brands, not necessarily in travel, but just overall. And I think that actually kind of leaking to travel already. And I love what you were talking about, Dylan, about really thinking about taking experiences that exist in Web 2 and then bring that to Web 3 to transform. And one of the things that I'm really interested in is with travel, it's obviously a very established industry and a lot of people use it. And we talk a lot in the Web3 space about how there's a lot of benefit to ownership and um, equitable access, democratizing access, rewards. Like there's obviously a lot of benefits to it, but at the end of the day, it just has to work. And the comparison for people who are going to be using Web3 travel products is Web2. And so when we take that lens, it has to be just as good if not better for people to be able to use Web3 travel products. And so I think that when we're building products, we have to really think about not just, hey, we're putting in this Web3 experience and so it's cool, but actually how is it making it 10x better than what exists today? Because I think from a consumer perspective, a lot of stuff in travel already works. And so we have to basically bring them on this journey so that they believe in this vision that we're all trying to build out and they see why it's a lot better. And I think for for the travel industry right now, we're not really there yet because I think te the technology and blockchain is still pretty early. And so the experience is still kind of concave. But I think the more that we can build this Web 2.5 experience where it feels very much like a Web 2 experience, but you have all the additional benefits so having access to rewards that work cross, um, cross-functionally across, let's say, a lot of different brands or companies, or maybe you have some kind of like exclusive access because, like you said, Dylan, you have token gating, or maybe it's that you get ownership in the ecosystem. Like whatever those benefits are, they have to sit on top of an already good experience. Whereas I think in Web3, we have this approach of kind of like building something cool and niche and then hoping that they're going to come. And in travel, I just think that with consumers, their preferences, their demands and expectations are so high that that's just not going to work the same way that it would work in other areas of Web3, like DeFi or NFTs. Thanks, Cynthia. Antonio, do you have anything to add? Yeah. I would take this like more high level, I'd say, setting from you know the, the point of view that travel is maybe one of the most international business. Uh, so it, it's one of the most interconnected. Um, like if we think about how Web3, you know, uh, has uh, affected um, the, the art, uh, the art ecosystem, it's clear that that was, you know, more a niche market. So it's not, you know, that that big as it can be the, the, the impact on the travel because I mean, more or less everyone is traveling. So every, more or less everyone at least once a year is, is taking a hotel or, you know, uh, a, a reservation, uh, is taking a, a transportation uh, uh, ticket, um, is buying something from a tour operator, is buying an experience, is experiencing something so we do, I don't know, build solution um, that are focused on travel. I do believe that this can actually accelerate a lot uh, what three what three adoption because these are the kind of solutions that are uh, 
they're international, but just because that's that's the industry. It's it's an international industry. So and that's why I do believe it's it's just in the nature of, of travel, uh, like to accelerate uh, solutions. And this can be the case of Web three. Uh, but as Cynthia said, it's it's we are not there right now. So it's it's not that accessible. And we saw the difference uh, with the AI. No. So how easy it is to use right now an AI tool and how difficult that sales is for um, a regular customer to uh, enter the Web3 world. Uh, for sure, there are at least three, four steps that uh, that you need to, to, to take to enter Web3 that you don't need to to enter AI, uh, you know, solution. And and that's where I believe we, we have to focus to to, to to make actually travel an accelerator of, of Web3 solutions. Thanks, Antonio. Shane, we'll come back to you on this one. I think you had a, a couple of points to raise. Yeah, yeah. And coming to Cynthia's point, it's not it's not quite ready there. Um, but yeah, it, for it really to take off to mainstream adoption, we actually have to make it much more intuitive, uh, more so than it has been, especially when, uh, when you're dealing with different blockchains or um the the interoperability so even logging into a wallet or um or accessing different blockchains the bridging aspects i mean it's just it's not so intuitive at this point and it's just it's not so seamless so we actually have to get it to a point where the web 2 community can uh, can come on and it just works right um and we really need to be able to web, uh, leverage the the web 2 community uh, for this to actually grow and succeed. But where this, uh, like looking at the benefits of decentralized technology, it's it's scalable, it's transparent, secure, and really getting people to understand the, the benefits with usable technology is really going to allow it to take off. Um, but just targeting the, the travel industry, they're uh, coming back to the, the amount of use cases and the size of the industry, it's so old and fragmented um, that kind of the ethos of cryptocurrency or blockchain technology is uh, building together with open source technology um, so that we can prop each other up and work with one another to propel this industry forward in a much more meaningful way that brings people together and gets rewarded for their use um, and for their contributions to the technology, but also to the uh, the function and the uh, and and the use case. Thanks, Shane. To be honest, it's something. Um, when I was exploring this topic on a podcast, it's something that I was kind of thinking about how we raise awareness with the Web two community to almost have um, more education around Web three and blockchain in general to get into the travel industry. Um, so I'd just be quite keen to to gather everyone's thoughts on that as well. If we come back to you. There, Cynthia, just to, I guess, how we how we educate people to become more aware and see the benefits of it. Yeah, there's, I think, two sides to this. So there's the consumer side, which I think often is easier because if it's a better experience or there's some real benefit to them, then they're pretty easily convinced, especially if, you know, I think a lot of people are doing it. There's a lot of social, uh, social signaling that happens. And so I feel like that's a lot easier for people to come on board. I think where there's a challenge, though, is on the company side or the enterprise side, because 
unfortunately, we're dealing with a lot of legacy software in the travel industry specifically. You think about some of these, like especially airlines, they've been around for God knows how long. And so having them change any part of their process, these like digital transformations is pretty challenging and they tend to be pretty risk adverse. And so to me, that's probably where we start. And I think we're already doing this with a lot of talks at conferences, trying to partner with different companies with red pilots, et cetera. But I think when people hear blockchain and Web3, it feels really overwhelming. And the reality is that you can dip your toes in, even as a company, and start out really, really small. So if you're doing something like um, maybe just having a little test project or pilot on the side where you do some kind of rewards that are outside of maybe your regular system, but you try something new, whether that's through like token gating with um, experience with what Dylan is building, or maybe you put uh, your hotel supply and try and um, have that as an NFT that you get re sold with Antonio's platform. Um, you know, I think there's like a lot of small ways to start, but then when we're working in Web3, we're always talking about like, oh, well, you should like decentralize everything and do all of these things like from zero to a hundred. And that's not realistic. And it's really scary for a lot of these companies. So we have to figure out how to de-risk and get them to start in the smallest way so we can help them with their transition. And so there's the education piece, but it's also like how realistically can you take steps towards incorporating some of these um, these technologies into your tech stack today? Because it is really challenging and it's not gonna happen if we think that they're gonna incorporate it into their business model today. But I do think that there's small steps that they can take. And I think that's really where it starts and where they can um, eventually really transition into Web3 by taking those initial small steps. Thanks, Cynthia. Dylan, do you have any thoughts on that? Sorry, I keep talking without my my mic off. Um, so I think on the education portion and bringing people into the Web3 space, one way that what we've done in Connecting Roads is just making it fun and focusing on the experience portion and adding layers of web three into that so i'll just give one example we um last year at a major music festival we oversaw the vip and guest operations guest experience for over seven thousand guests and we curated a scavenger hunt in the festival campgrounds working with a major brand two artists that have been in our network for over five years and leveraging 10 different concierges to create these touch points so people felt that they were having this deep connection they were having an experience that no one else in the festival had or would would even see a part of it. And then at the end of it, they were educated and rewarded with a digital token that gave them access at the festival. It rewarded them with a merchandise and food vouchers, and it created just a, a deeper bond. And we had about 500 people participate. We had, of the 500 people, we had 100 people that, that clicked that uh, finish, and then we had about 40, 50 people claim the NFT. So it went through a whole cycle of that, but it was just kind of breaking the barrier of you have to go through and set up a wallet immediately. It was just a plug in your email and receive the token. So there's different steps. And I think just like Cynthia said, and I think we'll talk about it even further with the mainstream adoption um, down the road, like this is, it's really just starting with how can you make it easy and fun for people. Thanks, Dylan. Shane, did you have anything you wanted to add on that? Yeah, you know, when when looking at 
Web3 tooling. And when you look at cryptocurrency or decentralized technology, there's so much information out there already. And it's so difficult and daunting to go out there and start researching from, from, uh, from the first level. And one thing that I find is um, like really helpful for my own education when I'm, uh, when I'm getting into something is having a vested interest. But how do you get that vested interest? Well, uh, something that we've just rolled out with um, with our Travel Tiger Club, our NFT collection, is the uh, the concept of digital stamps, and that's in um, that's in partnership with uh, with the Travel and Cynthia's company. So, when uh, when somebody comes to a uh, to a product that they know and understand, they can book a flight, they book a hotel, they book an activity, and then you get a customized stamp for each one of your booking activities. Um, that is going to give you an NFT. So once you get this, uh, once you get uh, get access to this NFT, um, that's going to be rolling out later this year. Um, you get access to this NFT and you can go claim it. Well, then that gives you some more direction and some actionable steps. Gives you actionable steps to go and down, uh, like go and mint a wallet. And what uh, what is a wallet? Uh, it gives you a, a go and mint your uh, and go and mint your stand. Okay, what is the stand and what does this actually do? So if we can, as a company, educate. <clears throat> on the on the things and the, uh, on the things that we're going to be rolling out, then having uh, having the the mainstream um, adoption, they basically need some actionable steps to go and start uh, start learning about uh, decentralized technology in a more meaningful, vested vested way. So that's kind of the approach that we're taking on this. Uh, but I agree with uh each point that uh dylan and cynthia made as well thanks shane antonio do you have anything to I suppose add on the education piece yeah i mean I, i'm going to be very very direct on this i don't believe that this is the experience that we should give to to our customers so i don't believe that first of all business businesses need to be educated uh like on how to give to customers the experience that we um mm, that it's very easy, you know, that, that can be easy to use. I always make the same example. So when I pay with my iPhone, you know, it's very easy. So I put pay, just double click and that's it. I don't know how it's called the, the technology behind that. I, 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 I mean, I don't care. It's just, you know, I, I can pay, that's it. Um, why, like, you know, Web3 says should be uh, so difficult. So first of all, you need a wallet, then you have to you you have yeah that that one <laughs> then you need uh you need crypto and then you need to do that and so on and i mean the idea behind web3 it's it's i mean super cool um but but we need to make it easier for everyone otherwise it it will be just a niche you know that's that's a niche that's okay that's cool a niche business but i do believe that the idea behind web3 should be mass market should shouldn't be just niche. And for doing this, I don't know if the right way is to educate people to do that or well, like taking a different point of view is to make this very, very, very easier for them. And maybe like it, it will take time, you know, to, to give to, to have people making some some steps, but very small steps. And uh but yeah that that's you know kind of strong ideas and it's not the, the the regular one with the web3 space but this is at least my experience also with that and uh, just just to give you an idea we started with a web3 platform and after just a month we 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 put the the, the website to flying but 
like because we wanted to do something mass market from the beginning and that's why you know we uh we tried a new way at this web 2.5 weeks to to make business and i do believe that we need to do that right now like not in the future but right now that's the way to to do business with web two technologies thanks antonio uh, Cynthia, can we come to you next, please, if you'd like to pose your question to the panel? Yeah, this is actually very related to what Antonio was just talking about. So very similar, I think, to Tachyon, we started very Web3. So we had a MetaMask um, wallet login because our theory was you start very small and niche, have, you know, like 100 people who really love your product and then you expand outward. And what we quickly realized was that even if you have 100 people who believe in crypto, it doesn't mean that they're like fully Web3 native, where they're using a non-custodial wallet and not necessarily MetaMask. Like, there's so many assumptions built into that. And then we quickly went to sort of like this Web 2.5 or even like Web2 experience where you have like an email login, et cetera. And we're all building consumer-facing companies. And so there's kind of like a two-part question that I wanted to pose. The first is, how do you build an experience that is really designed for mainstream adoption with a Web3 trial product? So what are sort of like the key experiences that you think are important to that? And then also, I think one of the things that we always come back to and think about is as a Web3 company, the Web3 element is very, very crucial and critical to the ethos of what you're trying to build, right? And so if you build this like Web2 or Web2.5 experience where you're trying to get mainstream adoption, how do you also like red pill people into wanting to have that fully Web3 experience? Because if you're building something where it's easy and they use it, but let's say not, it's not custodial, does that potentially kind of like take away from this vision that you're trying to build out where people ultimately have control over their funds and really have true ownership over their experience, their data, et cetera. So kind of a long question, but I think that it would be interesting to get your perspectives. Thanks, Cynthia. Shane, if we come to you first on this one, have you got any um, initial thoughts? Yeah, Cynthia, just on the last part, when you uh, when you mentioned um, the, 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 the custodian or uh, the the non custodial aspect of that, are you suggesting that you can actually give the 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 option of custodial versus non custodial? I think this is more of an open question. Like you know, in in Web three, the vision has always been that everybody should own their own keys. You know, not your not your keys, not your funds. But for mainstream adoption, that's almost like a little bit counter. And so, how do we achieve this vision of both mainstream adoption? But also at the end of the day, enable true ownership. And maybe that's not possible. I don't know. That that's a question I'm throwing out to you guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a little bit. It's going to be difficult to answer there. Uh, can we? Like, I think that given the ability of to uh, like giving some some choice there, because there's, I think there's a lot of people out there that don't really trust their own ability to to manage their own assets, uh, if we're going to call it that. Um, so they would want something that's going to be custody, something that's not in their uh, in in their complete control, where they could lose them or transfer them in air or whatever that uh, that may be. Because again, there's so many issues that people come across when they've got fat thumbs or they pick the block, wrong blockchain to transfer assets on, or whatever that may be, or forget their uh, their password and can't recover their um, their assets. But 
Um, so they may actually want a more custody solution. Um, when uh, when it comes to the mainstream adoption, again, I think we just need to start leveraging the uh, what what people feel the most comfortable with um, for the time being, anyways. And that's kind of that's an approach that Travala took when uh, when we when we first launched in 2017 was really um, we were we were fitting a need. The uh, need value prop was uh, converting cryptocurrency and accepting cryptocurrency as payment, and then creating our loyalty rewards on the blockchain. Uh, that's obviously evolving. There are more uh, that there is like decentralized uh, technologies such as Antonio's where um, you can get the non-refundable nights and go and sell them on a marketplace. Um, but yeah, I guess that is a, it's a good question of whether or not you have a custody or, or a non-custody solution. But um, I, I think that to really, uh, to really pick up adoption is you don't really make the decision for them. Uh, you give them the option of having a custody or a non-custody solution. Thanks, Shane. Antonio, can we come to you next on that? Yeah, super, super interesting question and very challenging, I would say. Um, I was start from what I said before about, you know, the the payment by Apple Pay, that first of all, we should work on putting um, the value uh before you know and technology behind what we are building that's that's what we did also you know like with Titan. we started uh, as i said uh, with a web 3 for uh you know project our idea was to to have this uh, nft booking but then like after a few days i was asking with to to my friends you know close friends please do that just test that and they were, no, I mean, I, I don't know what is a wallet. I, I, I'm not sure, you know, that that's the mass market, of course. Uh, but the idea here is we, we moved from the NFT booking, just, you know, the naming to the resellable booking. That's the same. That's actually the same, but we put the value before, you know, the technology. So you, you know, that's resellable. And then, I mean, if you want to go deeper, you can understand that there is an NFT link to that resellable option and that's what is enabling you know the the resellability of the booking and so first of all this idea you know to 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 focus more on the value that we are adding and i do believe that to reach mass market adoption we should give to the customers the both the the customer experiences so and that's what we are building uh so if you are a web 2 user uh, but like, I mean, the idea, the, the biggest idea, I think biggest innovation related to Web3 is this idea of ownership that is giving to, to the people. Uh, but I mean, that that's, and that's what we want to build with Taken. But two main blockers of Web3 adoption are, first of all, you need a wallet and second, you, you need to pay it by crypto. That's for the mass market adoption. So we are trying to simulate the web3 experience for web2 users so if you are a web2 user you uh and, and i think that's the, the the right way to have this mass adoption so you give to the customer the same experience that more or less of course not 100 percent the same but close to that one where you have ownership uh where you can like own your uh i mean for first second is your booking and you can resell it you can give it for free but you don't need a wallet we are we are doing that for you so there is a, a web 3 infrastructure 
and we are managing all this for you. That's, you know, a, a, a bigger idea of custodial wallet. It's like a custodial experience, something like that. But we are not just closing the experience to web to users. And that's what I, I think it's, it's to, you know, giving both the experiences. So if you are web two, you are of course not 100, you don't have 100% of the experience, but it's kind of, if you're a web three user, you can have the full experience. So you can connect your wallet, you can have your NFT, you can exchange it within that platform or of course, whatever you want, and you have access to the full, so the full experience. That's, I, I do believe that that's the idea of Web 2.5 solutions. So bringing Web 2 adoption with an easy way, with an easy customer experience, but having the Web 3 experience, which is the real one, the, the, the long-term one. And that that's it, like, to, from my point of view. Thanks, Antonio. Dylan, did you have anything um, to point out on the adoption piece? I... Uh... Yes, I'd love to add something, and I feel like I've gone through a similar journey as Cynthia of focusing very heavily on Web3 in the beginning and trying to to bring a small group of uh, early adopters to build the product around and then slowly expand. And um, what I learned through that journey was that the values and what your goals are should align with what your Web3 is not every aspect of web3 needs to be put into every web3 pro product um there can be bits and pieces not everybody needs an nft not everybody needs a token not everybody needs staking not everybody needs to have a blockchain or transparency of what's going on not everything is decentralized or built in a DAO. so i think just understanding what tools you're using and want to grow into i think something can be built centralized and then decentralized as you go on and build a community so through that, I think it's most important in my perspective to make the customer journey and the experience a positive experience in the beginning and then build for that base that you have. Thanks, Dylan. And Shane, finally, we'll come to you. Would you like to um, pose your question? Yeah, I think um, so. The question that I have is kind of just more or less around the travel industry working today. Um, it's it's a well-oiled machine. Um, and like Cynthia had pointed out before, there's, they're a little bit uh, like the, the older companies are a little bit more risk adverse um, because it overall it works. If we've got airline tickets, you get, you get issued at a cl uh, click of a button. You've got home rentals um, that get booked every day. And then you've got consolidation of hotel bookings and uh, just wanted to know what the panel thinks here, what value, does Web3 technology bring to enhancing those types of efficiencies, costs, and overall experience for businesses and the end user? Antonio, we'll come to you first on this one. Yeah, I mean, I do believe that the if we think about many industries, industries maybe the travel one is, uh, you know, the less advanced in some area, you know, of technology or bringing innovation. And I do believe the problem there is that technology and systems and um it's it's you know it's it's kind of old old systems so we have old systems that are not connected they don't talk to each other i mean just just in few cases but it's very difficult to 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 make innovation that's what i'm i'm experiencing so to enter uh you know the the booking engine of the event it's not that easy so you have to integrate you you have to to make it 
any small integration with every one. Maybe the, that one is different from the other one. So you as a startup, you know, that, that is bringing innovation. It, it's kind of difficult to go there because there are these technological blockers. And I believe that there is a, a real value of um, like, you know, blockchain and, and Web3 technologies overall to create a new standard, which is actually a technological standard. So we can like have, uh, we can, we can decide right now that a new technology can be, you know, first of all integrated, but then we can use that as a new standard for like, you know, communicate, exchange data information, um, between all the, the systems and all the solutions. And I do believe this is one of the big, 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 big issue of the travel industry overall. And we can really solve this, uh, with, you know, using NFT as a standard for instance, or I mean, other technologies, that's fine, but that's the moment where we can do that and we can put, we can, we can, you know, bring travel to the next level. Uh, with an easy technology and easy technology equals to, you know, more innovation. That's for sure. Thanks, Antonio. Cynthia, can we come to you next? Yeah. So I think this is going to actually be different depending on whether it's the consumer or the business. And I love this question, Shane, because in Web3 generally, like we drink Kool-Aid, we're like, oh yeah, everybody's going to adopt Web3. Everything should be Web3. And the reality is like, yeah, a lot of things in Web2 work really well. And so you really need to a good experience and have all of these additional benefits that are 10x better so that people adopt it but with the travel industry specifically i think there's a lot of either inertia or different motivations between companies and consumers so consumers want rewards that they can use anywhere across platform because they just want their rewards to work and i don't understand why i have to have a separate reward system for American Airlines, JetBlue, and Marriott. Like, why can't I just have one reward system that works across everything? Whereas for businesses, they're thinking like, well, I make money off of my rewards and I actually make money when you don't redeem. And so they have a very different motivations that are kind of opposing, I would say. And so creating value for one group, so consumers or guests or travelers, is actually going to almost like go against value for the other group which are these companies. And that's why I think that change is always going to come from consumers where they're going to demand something and they're like, well, if you're not going to do this, I'm going to go to this other company that's already doing this because changing companies from that perspective is going to be very challenging because they have a lot of inertia and there's a lot of benefit to them not changing because models work, their business models work and trying to change that and incorporate new technology, new business models is really scary and really risky. And so I think for us to focus really on driving value for the end consumer, it's where we're going to see that technological change and adoption happen. And it's the things that Web2 can't provide. So we talked a lot about ownership and with like us specifically with D-Travel, that's really core to our ethos. It's about empowering ownership and travel. And so we're giving ownership to all of our community via our TRVL token. And that's something that is very unique to Web3. And to Shane's point earlier about having that skin in the game, when somebody feels like they're an owner, they're going to act differently and they're going to be a lot more fought in. And so things like that are where we can provide value above and beyond what Web2 brings. And I think that kind of shift in mindset also creates a different dynamic 
relationship between travelers and the products that they use where it becomes a lot more aligned and they're trying to work towards the same thing whereas i think right now it's both transactional as well as um almost like clashing because they have different interests like travelers want cheaper rates and prices and then companies want obviously higher revenue but if they had more aligned interests now they're actually working more in step to grow together and to have more beneficial um a more beneficial relationship Thanks, Cynthia. And finally, Dylan, if we just come to you on that point. Thank you. And I love all the points that, that were made across that. I also agree that just like the alignment between the consumer and the brands are just absolutely huge and also brand to brand. And that that's one of the areas that brought me into the Web3 space was just the collaboration opportunities. And to circle back on the question, um, Yes, travel, it, there are parts of travel that are well-oiled and very accessible, but 12 years ago, I was learning how to book airlines on Sabre and using these third-party um, travel agency booking sites. So um, I think we've seen just so much uh, technology change over the last 10, 15 years that, that we'll continue to see being evolved with this new technology. So um, one of the value pieces that I see really being brought um, into the efficiency portion uh, is around being able to build partnerships. And this is something that Connecting Roads really holds strong values to is being able to to take a token or um, we'll use an NFT, for example, from a single um, collection and being able to reward multiple different communities for being a part of holding that token or holding multiple tokens so that's one way that we're really focusing on aligning is is collaborating and bringing multiple people together to create experiences around that thanks dylan and now we'll leave it there guys we're just running out of time a little bit so that was today's evolution exchange podcast our thanks to all our guests for joining us today and sharing their views with us we would like to thank you for listening and hope you can join us again next time